Welcome back uh, to our next uh, installment of the podcast. We're running a little late this week. Uh, last Friday, when we normally do our, our podcast, we were at the local family medicine residency again, at Wesley Family Medicine, speaking to their third years. Uh, every year, uh, they have a great program, and they do a practice management month for the third-year family medicine residents, and uh, so they can get an idea of how to run a practice, uh, understandably. And uh, we spend about three or four hours chatting with their residents uh, about direct primary care. Uh, very successful, very well received. Uh, again, it continues to be fun to share this with the next generation of uh, young physicians. And it was nice to see that there was enough interest. Several of them even stayed after on a, a you know Friday afternoon, early evening to continue to ask questions. Uh, and these residents were actually around when we were still... You know, finishing up residency and, and everything, so they've already kind of heard us talk about this, but still uh, very interested and intrigued with this. They've been able to watch it grow over the last few years, so this is the last crop who has have seen us from residents to uh, full uh, attendings now. So. Something that uh, we continue to get, uh, whether it be from these podcasts or just other general interests, are uh, other physicians around the uh, uh, local area and even around the country that are, are starting up and wanting to do this. Uh, I'll let Josh talk about that a little bit. Yep. Um, several doctors in Michigan are converting uh, in early September. So I think um, John is going uh, September 1st. So doctors are seeing the benefits and are eager to make the transition. They've been very successful in recruiting patients. I think they started three months before with an educational campaign to their their patient panel to explain why health reform would be bad for the, the practice and the patients. And they've been very well received, thankfully, on local TV, local media, newspaper, uh, lots of positive questions on, on Facebook. And so for those physicians out there who are wondering what happens when they make the transition, I think they'd be surprised to know that uh, patients are very positive about this. And something that I think is really the biggest or the, the most key step in moving forward with this for those that are looking at either transitioning into a practice like this or starting one is to dispel the myths, uh, something that we see a lot. So uh, actually just uh, uh, Monday of this week, a few days ago, we Skyped into the Michigan legislature to a meeting uh, talking about health care, of course, a big topic, uh, and their uh, budget for health care for the state was um, in the 40% range, uh, very, very high. And, you know, obviously a lot of money being spent on health care. And we all agreed that uh, if you're going to spend dollars, regardless of what it's on, you need to spend them wisely. And uh, some people are in favor of overfunding the uh, state-funded Medicaid program um, one of the uh, bits of data that they used is showing in, in some states, Medicaid, you know, having just having the access to care, having the, the coverage doesn't necessarily mean that there were better health outcomes. So that was a concern. So the question was, if we're going to overfund or spend money on health care as a state, how do we do it the most uh, efficient uh, and thoughtful way we can? And that's when we introduced essentially what we can do with medication savings, uh, costs, better health outcomes, uh, everything we've talked about. We've always felt that direct primary care really crosses party lines. It's a very bipartisan uh, mission in the sense that uh, everybody wants to be efficient and effective with 
their, their dollars, and even at the state level. And so regardless of how they structure Medicare, Medicaid, insurance, I think we can maybe get past that topic and say, but let's at least be efficient with those dollars. Let's not pay retail markup for medications. Uh, let's get lab prices down so patients can have more testing if necessary. Let's improve access uh, in, in, in a way where we can remove the copay but still insulate from abuses of the model. Uh, allow patients to get procedures at discounted or free rates because um, the, patient, the physicians uh, can offer that as a competitive value. So. I think people from both sides of the aisle uh, can be attracted to direct primary care based on uh, its unique ability to save the system. And again, looking at even data from the CDC that they came out with a few weeks ago, uh, one in five, 20% of Americans went to an ER last year. Uh, the most unlikely people to go were those with either, quote, good insurance, you know, the Blue Crosses and Aetnas and, and such. Uh, or those that were completely uninsured. The most likely were those with state insurance. Uh, of course, that's a, a terrible use of our uh, available funds. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah the, the, uh, Josh and I both working in the ER, you know, we know what kind of care you can receive in the ER. It's very fragmented. The doctor doesn't know your history. Um, you need a good family doctor, and if we can fix primary care, that's really what we need to do. So that's what we were trying to get across to Michigan, and uh, it, it came across very well. Well, and that uh, kind of bleeds nicely into our next topic, no medical pun intended. Um, uh, patients going to the emergency room, again, most people get their insurance through their employer. So when a, a deficit at the doctor's office causes employees to go to the ER, that just increases the premiums and the experience rating for the employer. So it's hurting the system overall, but... Uh, we're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because there's no better way for the patients to get care after hours or on the weekends, so they go to the ER. And there, um, are, there are some models out there that, that continue to uh, astound us that uh, it will be a, a membership-style practice, uh, maybe a hybrid model that membership plus fees uh, to be seen, but then after-hours care is essentially a list of the available ERs and immediate cares uh, you know, and, and again, if, if that's the case, then all it is is just a membership-style practice that's utilizing the current uh, thought process, and, and everything breaks down. True direct care, true family medicine, I think, is, is 24-7. Um, now, of course, we have to have our families and, and to see our children and, and be happy. So you can't be 24-7 with 4,000 patients, but you can be 24-7 with uh, a reasonable number of patients. Uh, but... One of the things that makes us successful is our ability to go out and talk with employers. And um, this last week we've had several emails from other interested physicians who have said, yeah, that seems like a very difficult thing to do is to get the attention of, uh, of a significant employer and demonstrate the savings in this model. But because, I'd say, the purity of our model in the sense that we have tied in as much value uh, propositions as we can, Unlimited visits, no co-pays, free procedures, the wholesale pricing on medications and labs. It really is that whole piece. Now you can go back to the employer and say, look at all that we can do for you. Um, based on our experience, we could cut 20, 30, 40, 50 percent out of their health insurance premiums each month, while at the same time increasing the care and access that their employees have. So uh, a direct care model that's not 
fully matured is going to have a very difficult time getting that conversation started with employers because, well, I, I, I only do Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5, and I don't do meds, and I don't do labs, and I don't have discounts on imaging, your your value proposition to the employer relative to what you can save on their insurance is just skewed. And as a physician, one of the things I never really thought that I would do is be a part of something that goes out and actually saves employers from having to let employees go. Uh, and... Um, Anybody that's that's heard any of our, our radio uh, interviews or even um, television interviews, uh, there's a local company here in town that was at that uh, point where they were either going to, they'd cut back as much as a, as a company as they could, so they were at the point of either letting employees go or discontinuing offering health insurance. That's, that's really where they're at. And setting up a, a national network of insurance companies that are, uh, really willing to, to play ball and participate and, and make this work, uh, the, the ones that have done it here in, in Wichita locally have been phenomenally successful, uh, and they definitely see this, and, and we're working on that very hard. Uh, but to be able to say that I, as a family physician and the clinic that I operate in, saved a company from having to fire employees, uh, and as a matter of fact, we've saved them enough that they've not only... Uh, not had to fire people. They've actually grown as a company. They've hired employees, and uh, in all of our opinions, their health care is significantly better than it was because they have unlimited, unfettered access. So people that weren't getting the care they probably should have in the classic system are getting uh, exactly what they need here. Now, I know we often reference family medicine or primary care specialties uh, when we talk about direct care. But the specialists who are out there listening might ask themselves where do they fit in this model if they have a hard time going to an employer if they only care for, say, just rheumatology or endocrinology or, or you know, those important specialties, but that's not something that may serve the, the mass of a 50-employee company. But there are lots of people in, you know, two or three people in each company who need that care. And then you, you find lots of companies, and, and, and there's an enormous value there. Uh, just the scale is different. Per patient, if a rheumatologist can go in and save a company on their most expensive employees in terms of health insurance, that, that helps the entire company by lowering their experience rating. And so even though you may only be serving a handful of those patients in the company, you are still have an opportunity for a tremendous impact on the savings for their health insurance. So the specialists here have a very important, very viable role as well, um, indeed. So one of the reasons that we've been doing these uh, podcasts is, you know, we, we get uh, asked a lot of times the, the same questions and we're, we're trying to get out there, you know, how it is we are doing what we're doing, but we want people to know also that this isn't something that we just happened upon and, and lucked into. Uh, it was, you know, looking at market research and uh, and in essentially concierge or direct primary care medicine for the last 10 or 12 years, looking at what had worked, but really more importantly, what had failed. Uh, and the things that worked, why did they work? Uh, the things that failed were, were usually pretty obvious. It was not aligning incentives, charging too much, uh, various things like that. And it just, it, it occurred over and over. And, and we don't want people to fall into that same trap. So we are an open book. We want people to look at our model uh, see that we really have tried to create a system that is 
as all-encompassing as possible. It answers uh, as many questions uh, as as possible. So, really, if you have any questions, have any uh, anything at all to add, please. Uh, Look at our website. Give us a call. We're more than happy to talk. Open source may not be a term that every doctor is familiar with, but the idea that this is available to the public in mass, we've already put enough out in the public domain that explains what we do and how we do it. Um, So why not just contact us directly so that we can answer your questions specifically? Um, Of course, our name and logo and uh, et cetera is, is copyrighted and trademarked, but... The, the business model is out there, and we want doctors to have as many tools available to them to maximize their ability tr- to transition or start a practice like this and be successful. So if you want our FAQs, absolutely. If you want to structure your website very similar to ours, absolutely. Um, we, we want to encourage the development of direct care in the right direction. Um, I, I think you know, every good movement needs... Uh, someone to to um, emulate or to to present the ideal model not saying that we have it best but i think from here is a great starting point that more doctors will be able to improve upon as long as we're all moving in the right direction and again that includes the meds and the labs and the discounts but as long as we're all pulling together to maximize value for patients then we we can all learn from each other. And, and medicine has a grand tradition of, of standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. So. Well, and anybody, if you, if you have any questions, again, please get a hold of us. Um, if you do happen to get a hold of Dr. Josh, ask him about Columbus's egg. Uh, he would love It's to, a great story. He would love and to even tell the story. Tesla used Columbus's <laughs> egg. Um, yeah, so please uh, uh, email me. It's a great story. So you can get a hold of us. Uh, of course, we're working uh, fast and furious on our uh, electronic medical record software uh, that that is... Uh, really going to be pretty fascinating for a lot of people out there, but atlas.md, if you want to kind of learn more, uh, our clinic website is atlas.md slash Wichita. Uh, Encourage you also to get on iwantdirectcare.com. That will uh, help us show the nation that there is a need and a want for uh, patients and physicians alike to do this. Uh, and, and, and it'll help physicians and patients find each other. Yeah, so uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, just email us, hello at atlas.md. Uh, all of our contact information, too, is on the website if you want to get a hold of us. But uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from you and uh, ask us any questions you want. We have two doctors coming tomorrow to visit from out of state, and uh, we welcome anyone else uh, to do that as well. So thanks uh, again, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.